What's up, everybody? My name is Lamont, and welcome back to the God is My Source podcast, where we bridge the gap between God, money, business, family, education, relationships. We keep it real, but we root everything back to the Bible. I got Tara Odom on the line today. Where are you from, Tara? From Mississippi, down south, Mississippi. the Gulf Coast. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is about to be an amazing episode, y'all. Tara is a wife, mother, author, speaker, consultant, and she own her own school. So this is going to be an amazing episode. She also a preacher's kid. We was talking about that in the pre-episode. She said she is a PK. No, she, yes. said, she said pastor's kid. She said it's a difference. So we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about a lot of different things. We're going to bridge this gap between the Bible and the culture. We're going to keep it real. We're going to root everything back to the word of God. So I'm going to start off with a word of prayer, and we're going to get everything started. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for just giving us the opportunity to come before you and come before your throne to be able to just ask for forgiveness for all of our sins. We thank you for not leading us into temptation, but delivering us from evil. We thank you for forgiving us for every sin that we have done as we forgive those who trespassed it against us, Lord. And we thank you, Lord God, for just letting us gather together to be talking about you and talking about the things you have done. For you said they overcame by the power of their testimony. So we thank you for our testimony. We thank you that everything we do works for our greater good. We thank you that you allow us to seek you first each and every day. So blessings can come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. We know the blessing of the Lord makes us rich and adds no sorrow. So we thank you for being our source. And as we plug in, thanking you, asking you to speak out of our mouths, let the words out of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord. And we ask you to help our conversation to bring others closer to Christ. Bring those that have fallen astray, bring them back. And just get the glory out of everything that we do on tonight. So I thank you for everything and thank you for everything you will do. For in Jesus' mighty name, I pray it is so in the Shelby. Amen. 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 So how's everything going for you? I didn't even ask you how everything was going. How's everything going? All is well. Lady. Excuse me? I said you're a busy lady. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I am busy. It does require me to have a schedule, but, you know, everything is 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 going well. Family, life, ministry, business is going well. Amen. Amen. It's a woman in many hats here. And we we glad to actually have her in presence. I was going back and forth with her assistant, but they was able to make something happen. And we just thank you for just <laughs> thank you for, for uh, logging on with us today. So what who is Tara Odom? Can you tell us some of your testimony? You can tell us the whole testimony. You can tell us the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever you feel like comfortable to telling us. But like I said, we know that everybody comes from somewhere to get to the expected end. So what's your testimony? Well, first, I just want to thank you for this opportunity for letting me, uh, for inviting me to be here and working with my schedule so I could be here. Um, but I am the fourth child of five children. Um, as, as you said earlier, I am a PK, a pastor's kid. And I might talk about that a little bit um, a little later because it's a difference between being a preacher's kid and a pastor's kid. But I think all in all, um, as I... I used to regret um, to some degree being a pastor's kid because we were in church 
all the time. Um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. My dad actually, um, in in the earlier part of my life, he was pastoring two churches in two different locations. And so um, we would travel, we would have service at one church at eight o'clock, be at another one at 11, have a three o'clock service, then have a 6 p.m. service all on Sunday. And then Monday we would have, you know, our youth fellowship and Tuesday we would have something. Wednesday we would have Bible study. And it was just so much. And I really was just like, when I get older, I'm going to move away. I'm not going to be in church. Now, I had been in church long enough to know about hell. So I was like, I'm going to stay saved, you know, because I'm going to be saved long enough so I won't burn. But I was really like okay, this is too much. Like, I don't want anything to do with this. And um, it is so funny because I did an internship at Disney and um, during my um, sophomore year in college. And I took off a semester and a half from school. And they told us, they said, you can't have any time off. And I like, this was like my first major time being away from home because I went to school down south, um, close to home. So I... I, I was coming back and forth every weekend and I went to my supervisor and I was like, listen, I have to be in church on Sundays, you know, and being an intern, they were, they were like, I don't know what you, you know, all my other coworkers and fellow interns, like, they're not gonna let you off. But she told me every Sunday I could be off going to church. And I was just like, the favor of God. And so I learned from that day, like every job that I would take, I would go in initially and just let them know I'm not working on Sundays. And so, and now this is coming from the person who said I wasn't going to go to church every, every Sunday, but I was like, but I got to be off church on Sundays. <laughs> so, but I literally was going to church. I was driving an hour every Sunday to, to church. And um, that is where I really felt like the, I felt the call of God, um, or I knew clearly what the call of God was for my life. And um, I always loved to sing, and I was a worship leader at um, at our church. And and I and well, I say I was a worship leader. I was really at that time. I was just on the praise team. <laughs> I understand the whole whole thing about leading people into worship I was just on the praise scene singing some praise and worship songs and uh but once I left there I really um was able to be poured into from the ministry that I was there in Florida and came back home and got involved in the church and um started working um in business and pursuing my business and I started making some pretty good money and um then I heard God say go in ministry full time. And so I'm like, help your dad in ministry. And I'm like, okay, so I give up my job. And during the same time, I was dating my husband um, then. And he was like, babe, I, you know, I, I think I heard um, God say for me to go into ministry full time. And so I'm like, go ahead. You know, I'm thinking, and I told my dad, I was like, you know, the church don't really have to pay me much, you know, as long as I can pay my car note and my insurance, I'm good, you know? And so I wasn't really making a salary at the church. I didn't know that my husband was planning on proposing to me. So like a few months after we have both given up almost six figures between the both of us, 
he asked me to marry him. And like, we literally are bringing in $250 a week together, like not separate. And so, you know, and so we we're planning this wedding and um, I see God just moved where we had a wedding that we probably, I mean, I wouldn't have imagined it was a wedding that was paid for um, our honeymoon. Somebody gifted us um, a week of honeymoon, um, courtside basketball tickets, just a whole bunch, everything on it. And I'm just like, okay, God, see you. Okay. Bending his will pays off, you know, even though we make $250, you know, um, his parents had given us a house. So we were like, we were living it up. And then life starts to hit and you begin to question like, okay, God, is this really you? And for me, I thought being in full-time ministry meant I couldn't work outside of the church um, because I came from, uh, my dad was a uh, Methodist pastor. And so it was kind of traditional. And so growing up, you know, with the traditional mindset of what church is. And then later on, my dad left out of the Methodist um, organization and went into um, full gospel um, ministry. And and so his concept of what ministry was, was a lot greater. And he would expose us to different ministries and stuff like that. And so I began to see that, okay. Ministry doesn't have to necessarily just be in the church. Like I can do ministry outside of the church. And so, and my dad has always been one for, and my mom, uh, for outreach and missions. And uh, my dad has been a short time missionary um, going to various places. And so we've been involved in stuff like that. And so I, that's, I believe being a pastor's kid and being, being, Actually, my dad is a different type of pastor. Like he, he really has a pastor's heart. Um, but being, I think he has shown me um, the work ethic and the grind that that, for a lack of a better term, that you have to have as an entrepreneur and to you know have your own business to like work it from the ground up to keep going even when it seems like stuff ain't working. Had I not grown up the way that I did, I don't think I would be where I am now. And so um, that's just a little bit of my testimony, where I come from. Um, as you can tell, I love, love my family, love my husband, love my children, my mom, my dad, my siblings, and, you know, all of them. And so I'm just really just out here loving life and um, just trying to minister to people using every gift and every talent that God has placed on the inside of me. Amen. Amen. No, that's important, too, because we got to understand that he told us what the kingdom of God is. Everybody was talking about like, yeah, you got to see the kingdom of God. He told us what the kingdom of God is. Paul told us the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. So now you understand that if you are helping people become righteous, yeah, joy and a peace of mind and root that into the Holy Ghost. You are doing the kingdom of God. And that's what Jesus actually, to be honest with you, a lot of people be mad when I say it, but I was talking to somebody about the other day. He said, Jesus ain't never really tell us to preach about him. He told us to talk about the kingdom of God. Yeah. Glory of God. Rest, righteousness, joy, peace, and the Holy Ghost. Now, Jesus, he amplified. Now, we talk about him because he amplified. He lived in mm -hmm. it. We're mm -hmm. supposed to be trying to be like him. Yes. And then we try yes. to be like him. 
then we got to talk about the kingdom of God. And that's what you exemplify. And I, I thank you for that because you, you also do a lot of work outside of the church, like you mentioned, but you assist people with basically starting their own businesses by being authors, correct? Yes, yes. Um, I I actually, um, through Writers on Block Academy, I assist aspiring authors who um, have a desire to use their expertise, their experience to um, leverage that so that they can help others. And um, and and my, my whole basis behind Writers on Block Academy is not just becoming a best-selling author. That's great. Um, but, and I share in my academy um, some of the secrets behind becoming a best selling author and but my thing is we want to be transformative authors we want to transform the reader's lives like it's, it's it's great to say i sold this number of books in this certain length of time and i have this little sticker but how many lives have you changed through your story and it's finding the message in your story and being able to convey that and a lot of people feel like well my story is boring that's what i felt all my life, I was like, I don't have a testimony. Like I wasn't out here. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't smoking. I wasn't out there having sex and doing all of that, you know? And so I felt like I can't reach people. Like people not go, you know, what can I say to them? But I found out that my experience is important. And there are people out there who even if your experience is not exactly like mine, there are some things that I went through that I can share with you that can help transform your life. And so um, it's been amazing um, being able to help people realize there have been people who one one lady um, has been wanting to write a book for 20 years and she was like and this was even before the academy and that's kind of how the academy was birthed because i didn't go i didn't set out to make an academy for authors you know i was just like that wasn't even on my radar um but it, it was like it just came to me because people began to ask me to help help them do it and so i had so through the help of the holy spirit i put a framework together that helped me to write my own books and so then i was able to express that and share that with other people and they've been able to write their books become self-published authors and really experience the transformation in the lives of their readers as well as their lives as well that's that's dope that's dope i'm 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 over here i'm i'm a seer but that's a, that's a gift that okay. i have like i i was born like this but i just had a vision that you're gonna be doing this around the world i don't know if oh. you're about doing this Wow, talk to somebody about doing this, but you're gonna be doing this around the world. Like praise you're probably gonna Lord. start in Africa. That's what it looked like. But you're gonna be doing this around the world, definitely. Like wow, that is amazing because I do have several people um in Africa that have already reached out to me. And um, so that that's just confirmation. I thank God. That's all prophecy is, to be honest with you. I mean, some people be like, Oh, you're gonna get a car, you're gonna get a house. Be honest with you in the scriptures, I never seen nobody tell somebody they're trying to get a car or a house, but that's a whole other thing. I would have told me, but no, that's that that's dope. That's amazing. Like you help people change people's lives, you change people's lives yourself. And that's something that you just said that that really sticks 
with people because they don't understand like like we was talking about the transparency in the church like yeah you got people who who step up but you got people who who try and do everything the right way and then you got those people that's trying to do everything the right way but they feel like their lives is miserable or born or they don't know what to do or they tired of going bowling they tired of going skating you feel what i'm saying like movie nights they trying to figure out what else they can do and with your practical knowledge, you went to, you You say you went to Orlando, he's at Disney, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you being in Orlando at Disney, you got to see a whole nother lifestyle. And if you were indulging all the other stuff that everybody else was doing, you was able to see from the outside looking in through a whole nother lens, find stuff to do and find out what to avoid. That's a whole nother skill that you got. Look, can I just share this? Because when I went to Disney, they place you in the different parts. So I'm thinking I'm going to be placed in Magic Kingdom. You know, I was hoping not Epcot, but you know. What's that? Epcot is like the scientific um, type technology and all of that. So that's not, I mean, that wasn't really my thing at that time. So, you know, I was like, I want to be in Magic Kingdom. Um they placed me in Pleasure Island. Now, they don't have Pleasure Island there anymore, but Pleasure Island was uh, the, the place where they had the nightclubs. It was for the nightlife. Mm, and okay. so it was me and one other girl who was there who, who was a Christian as well. And we were like, the two, this place over here in Pleasure Island. And it was like, I mean, I, I was able to meet celebrities and NBA players because people would come there and, you know, for the club life. And so it was just so amazing how God strategically placed us there. And then he put us in, we were in one particular store that was not doing well. And me and her, our personalities are just, I'm just a fun person. I'm a, I'm a goofy person. And so we were in the store and we would turn on the music and we would just dance and people would see us outside, you know, as they're walking to their clubs and they would come in and buy coffee and, you know, cause it was called desserts. And we were in there and the store really just blew up. And the managers was like, what? doing like this store didn't have these kind of sales before and so we were really some of the top interns there but it was all the favor of God and sometimes God will place you in a place where it feels like you're out of place where you're not supposed to be there like God what you doing but he will show you um that there's purpose on your life and all you have to do you don't have to be afraid to go into those places just reflect his image. And, you know, that's what we are called to do, to be the beacon of light to people, to be the salt of the earth, so, to be that thing that is different. I don't have to, I didn't have to say that I was a Christian. I didn't have to say that, you know, I'm saved and I can't partake of this. All I had to do was just be me who God created. And so, you know, and we had a great time, but it was so funny that that's where I was placed. And hey, you don't even know who life you changed. You might have done, done talk to some people and you just being who you are. And that that conversation sometimes don't even have to get brought up because like, you know, a tree by the fruit it carries. Right. right. So, you know, the tree y'all came in there. Like you said, you came in there. Y'all had the Isaac anointing. Honeyfold and <laughs> turned the yes. store into one of the top stores in all this. Yes. So, yes. Imagine if somebody say, well, what y'all doing? What, 
what, what God you serve? Like, what, what's going on with this? Just, even right. if it's jokingly around, like, Jesus, like, Jesus, Jesus good, God good. And right. you know, they're like, what? They get a little, they, sometimes people get a little salty when you say God good. I, I don't know, I had that a couple of times. Have favor, walking in high places. You don't even know why you meeting certain people and God good, God good. They get mad because they like, well, God ain't doing nothing for me, but you showing the favor of God. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, people would come in there drunk and, you know, we would just share, show the love of Christ, you know, and you can show the love of Christ without just mm -hmm. saying uh, Jesus loves you, you know, mm -hmm. and, and without, you know, people would come in there and they would, you know, some of some of the guys would be, you know, kind of irate. But by the time they left, the peace of God would would be in that place. And so, um, so it's, I mean, and, and that was even before I really stepped into knowing who I was in God. Cause mind you, I had just left home and I had said, I ain't got to go to church and my mom and dad are not going to be around. You know, they're not going to know if I go to church or not, but it was something that I had to, I had to go to church. I had to be in church. It was like that drawing that was there. And I believe it was so that I could be equipped to show love and be that light when I went to work. No, real talk. Cause now that you mentioned that, like when I had went off to school, at first I went to a Christian college, then I went to a HBCU. But when I went to the HBCU, like God strategically put me in positions that always brought me back to him. And then like, he put me in such a rough position one time. Like, that's all I could do was that it was just like building my relationship with God, building my relationship with God. Then I made a mistake. I pledged. So then when I pledged, it like put me in a whole reset position. I didn't know it was going to put me in a reset position, but it put me in a reset position. But then God strategically took me from Ohio and put me in Florida. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going down to uh, Miami. I'm living in Miami for a lot of them. But one of my good friends now, he was changing his life over. Oh, wow. And so, like, I'm going to go to church. That's not that that was never a problem. Like, I might go out here and do some crazy stuff, but I'm going to church on Sunday. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to go to church. Like, and he used to always, like, ask me to go to church. And so I'm going to church. You feel me? To the point that I'm going to going to the church by myself. I see him up there and this, that, and the third. But it forced me to keep my relationship with God down there. Mm -hmm. And then that end up, up growing from there. Once I moved somewhere else, like I, I always made sure I kept that. And then it grew to find out, like you said, you find out who you is. You start reading them scriptures and they start speaking to you and you start yes. understanding stuff. And then when them prophecies start coming true, you like. I, I just got. Yes, Lord. That's <laughs> random. The will of God is amazing because sometimes it don't work in your favor. Like, but sure. that's the pruning process. And you don't know what generational curses that have went down your bloodline. The reason why you got to go through this trial and tribulation. Mm. James said, thank God for trials and tribulations because it, it breeds perseverance. Mm. Perseverance, it helps you. You feel what I'm saying? Yes, so like, yes. You never know like why things happen. And you was down there. You was all the way. You said, what part of Mississippi are you from? I'm from Moss Point, Mississippi. So Biloxi in that in that Gulf Coast region. Mm. So Biloxi and Gulfport and Moss Point. And then like a, just across the border is Mobile, Alabama. So right there on the Gulf Coast. 
Okay. I've been to Mobile, Alabama. I probably went to the small city as you said, because we we played a uh we played, I think it was Steelman. We played Steelman one time. So I played football in college. And we played Steelman and we but we stayed in Mississippi. And it was weird to me because I was like, why was we in Mississippi? But we drive to Mobile to go play. I don't know what was going on, but yeah. Well, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a small, that's where, well, I, I'm actually not from Moss Point. I'm from Bassfield, which is even smaller than Moss Point, but we moved when I was like in the second grade. So, um, so Bassfield is like by Hattiesburg. I don't know if you, that's, that's where USM. Okay. Um, yeah. University of Southern Mississippi. That's where that is. So, um, but yeah, Mobile is only about 30, 30 minutes or so, 45 minutes away um, from Moss Point. So right there. How was it growing up there? Because I know sometimes that, well, they did say that Louisiana and Mississippi were some of the uh, most impoverished states in America. So how was it growing up there? You know, to be honest, that is a fact. But I didn't experience that. And even though like my dad, um, it was a pastor and and all of that. And, you know, it wasn't like, you know, he wasn't like a me mega church pastor and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, we wore hand-me-downs and stuff like that, but it wasn't like I didn't know that we didn't really have a lot, you know, Um because the favor, the favor of God was on my daddy's life. You know, um, my dad was in, in the Methodist church and they would have conferences, different places. He would be one of the only pastors that would bring all his children with them. And at that time, it was like four of us, you know, we'll, we'll just pack up and go um, to the conferences and stuff. And my dad would always, we would always go on vacations. And so I didn't really know, um, that 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 was the case however um when i went to school i um because i actually had a um full scholarship to yale i could have gone to yale um and i i didn't want to go because i was you know i was like well it's not gonna be anybody like me there and um i don't know anybody and i was very very shy and so i was like i'm just gonna go to new orleans and so i initially i went to dillard university i eventually um transferred from there but i was in new orleans and um just being in that environment, I met a girl from California and she was like my roommate and we're still good friends to this day. Um, and she was like, I didn't know. Um, she asked, she asked me for help on her math and she was like, I didn't know, um, like y'all knew how to do stuff like this because I heard Mississippi was like one of the dumbest states. So it was something in that vicinity. Like, I don't think she was even trying to be rude. It was just like Mississippi, one of the dumbest states. And I'm like, hmm. And so, and that's what people, people would perceive, you know, that's you from Mississippi. Okay. So you dumb and poor. And being in a, an environment like that, sometimes there's a spirit that's over those places and your mindset, If like when the Bible talk about renewing your mind, you have to keep your mind renewed so that you don't become a part of that. Um, you know, my sister went to school in Oklahoma and she would drive home with one of her friends and her friend literally would be scared to stop in Mississippi because it's like, uh, uh, okay, Mississippi burning, you know, but it's... 
<laughs> it wasn't like that for us. But when I hear some of the stories that my dad would tell, I mean, it it was like some of the movies are not lying about how it was. We just didn't experience it like that. Oh, that's that's the favor of God right there, because he knew that y'all had to get to a specific place in life. Yeah. That specific place, he needed y'all parents to be in position. So he took them out to put y'all in position so y'all can put y'all kids in position. Right, right, right. So what, school, what school you end up transferring to? So I, I transferred to University of New um University of New Orleans. So I because I wanted a little bit more diversity. Um right. and so I, I went to the University of New Orleans and I enjoyed it there a little bit better. Um just yeah. I, you should went to Howard, but you, you went through your life, but you should went to Howard. I, I was telling somebody the other day, because every person I meet from Howard, it's like they just as well versed as everybody else I, I, I met. Like I've been blessed to be in different rooms and different type of stuff. And one thing that I always say is that if you you don't you gotta go to HBCU at least a semester in your life, being black in America, in my opinion, because that's going to be the only place they're going to give you insight on how to be black in America. Because like you can succeed, but they're not going to teach you how to, you feel me, learn that inside stuff that you don't understand. It's not like even the whole racist conversation. People always thinking you talk, you talking to talk about that. No, it's a, it's, it's a language. It's a demeanor. It's an excellence that you have to portray to walk into these rooms and command it. Like you can't just be like the person that's just there trying to be involved and think that you're going to succeed in that room. No, it's not going to happen like that. So you yeah. got to understand the, the culture that's going on and be able to see the outside looking in. And I think that's one of the best things that HBCUs teach you and then you you go for it from there. Like you take advantage of the opportunities or you do whatever you're gonna do. A lot of a lot of people they got a stigma of people drop out or whatever. That's their choice. Cause it was so many it's so many opportunities within it. But I know you said you uh you probably didn't like the fact that it was just like home. Yeah. And you know what? And I really I probably should have just I kind of I, I ask my my mom this all the time. I'm like, why didn't y'all just make me go to Yale? Um, especially when I, you know, I was looking at my student loan balance because I ended up having to pay because I mm -hmm. waited so long. And because to be honest, I didn't even realize I was so green coming out of college, out of high school that you know people got rejected from you know getting accepted into college so you mm. know I was like I just filled out the application knowing that they were going to accept me and that it was going to be you know all good and so so you know I was really green when it came to a lot of that but I was like why didn't y'all just let me go because I was fearing I, I was fearful of the diversity that I was going to receive when I got there but when I went to Dillard, it felt it like you said, it felt like I was still in high school. Um, it felt like I was still because and then, too, it was down south. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, 
I mean, it was great people, you know, your your professors would be like, my sister, my brother, come on, you know, and all that kind of stuff, you know, rise up queen, and, you know, they were, they were always trying to push us to be, you know, more, but I was just like, okay, I need something else, and so I ended up going to the University of New Orleans because, you know, of course, we had, there were different teachers, like, I really got to experience, like, what they say college is, those professors that you can't understand what they're saying and all of that because they're they're from a different place <laughs> so I was like okay this is college you know this is the experience that I wanted so crazy but that's what I wanted no that's dope and it's, it's crazy how you went like you said you was in the small town you was in the church you was in church and you went to New Orleans New Orleans that's where it go down so you had to learn how to be. Oh yeah, you definitely got practical experience. I might have to <laughs> have to bring you to speak somewhere I'm at because people really don't know how to be saved in these places. Yeah, yeah. They get I mean, influenced, or they feel like they behind, or they start to like trying to just do stuff. Like I was talking to my friend the other day, and I was like, "We were stupid for having sex out of wedlock." He was like. Like, what you mean? I was like, you don't even get it. I said, like, we was putting ourselves at risk. We know some people that did. We was putting ourselves at risk by uh -huh. having sex out of wedlock to not even paying attention that this could be the mother of my kid. You not even vetting this woman. You not learning this woman. You just whatever happened, happened. Like, she can mess up your life like this could be <laughs> the best or the worst thing that ever happened to you and you just decide to just be loose and free with it like getting drunk all the time like you're not paying attention to what's gonna happen or if somebody slips something in there like they tell you this stuff like you think it's a joke right real life right right i mean literally when i when i look back on like the crime that was going on in New Orleans, you know, just thinking, you know, people riding down the street. I mean, you know, Gentilly, you know, like mm -hmm. there were people who were getting shot and carjacked and all that kind of stuff. And God protected me the entire time that I was there. You know, that was just a blessing in itself, you know, and being as, like I said, green as I was because I wasn't, you know, because my dad didn't just let us go, go out um, when we were in high school and all that kind of stuff. We asked to go to the movies with our friends. He would be like, okay, hold on, let me pray about it. And we like, okay, so we asked them about five o'clock, four o'clock, and it's like six. And we like, so daddy, I, I'm praying about it. It's like eight o'clock. We know we can't, I mean, like we, we're not going to be able to go. So it's like, okay, just forget it. I'm not even going to try to go. I, I'm not, you know, but I realized that, you know, he wouldn't let us go until he had a piece. And I believe that if he if he was not like he was, um, it's very well possible that I probably would have, you know, just just curious, you know, and got into some things that um, that I shouldn't have gotten into. And I, I just didn't have a desire um, because I I heard somewhere where, you know, you can have this thing in your brain where it triggers you to be addicted to stuff. And so because I had people on both sides of my family who who, you know, would drink and who were smokers and all that kind of stuff. 
I never wanted anything to control me. <laughs> so I was just like, I'm not even going to try that because I just always knew that I was going to be the girl who like the first time she had sex, she was going to get pregnant. The first time I tried any drugs, I was going to be who? First time I drank alcohol, I was going to become an alcoholic. Like, <laughs> so my mind was just like, you know, so I can't really say that it was all because I was trying to live a Christian life. Some of it, I was just scared. You know, I was just like, you know, and then what am I going to go home and tell my parents? You know, so I, so some of what kept me was fear, which sometimes fear, you know, fear ain't always bad because, you know, it saved me from a lot of heartache um, that I could have got myself in a world of trouble. <laughs> uh, you had the fear of the Lord. They say the, the fear of the Lord is beginning the wisdom. They gave you that wisdom downloaded inside of you, let you know that, like, hey, this was on the other side of this, and this is the risk I can take. And I'm not willing to take that risk. Yes, yes. I was like, yeah, I would be the one. I would be the one that the minute, the first time I'll get an STD, you know, and that that's gonna, you know, I just knew it. I, I mean, so. I just was like, no, no, I can't do it. <laughs> it led you to success. And then you said you went into ministry full time. So what was you doing when you first started, uh, when you first started going into ministry full time? Well, and let me clarify, because a lot of times when I tell people that I went into ministry, working in the ministry full time, people think I'm talking about preaching. Mm -mm. I wasn't, <laughs> I'm not a preacher. Um, in that sort. Um, but no, I went into um, helping our, our church. Our church is also a uh, 501c3 nonprofit. Um, so we do community services as well. And so I began to work in um, the business administration of the church and finances. And so um, a lot of people were like, I didn't know that was necessary. But in order for a ministry to really reach their community, you have to have a focus on your business, making sure that your business is in order and making sure that your administrative policies and procedures are in place. And um, especially now, um, it's important, you know, making sure that you have a social media presence, making sure that. Um, so it was it, I got into working full time, helping with that. Um, our church at the time that I um, I took on the full-time position it was right after Katrina and so um Hurricane Katrina came through you know the Gulf Coast and so uh, Mississippi wasn't mentioned a lot but there was a lot of damage I mean because how can Louisiana and Alabama be hit and Mississippi not be hit but um so we had a lot of mission um teams that started to come to our church and my father and several of the men there totally uh, renovated our church where the back portion was um, set up to be like bunkers for the mission team so that they could go out and help people rebuild their their houses and stuff like that. And so it really became a mission place. Um, and so we were, we were still having Sunday service, but um, throughout the week, that's what we were doing. And so I was helping my dad with a lot of that Um and making sure that we had our paperwork and documentation and everything where it needed to be. And so that's where it started. And, um, and of course, like I said, I was um, a worship leader. And so, you know, just trying to make sure that we keep the worship services and everything um, up 
you know, because sometimes when you're, um, especially in Mississippi um, and in some of the down south um, places, um, you can get stuck in the old time um, way and you miss the young people, the young adults and all that because they don't want to go go to church anymore because your songs sound dry, your music is dry. And so you have to make sure the message don't change, but you got to change your methods sometimes. Uh, so that you can reach the people. And again, I say the message is not changing, but the way that you used to do it is not working. So that's what I started working in the ministry, just kind of helping to innovate some of those things. That's what's up. And then you said now you even help other churches implement the strategies that God gave you, correct? Right, right. So um, just being able to help um, ministries understand, um, you know, Part, you know, about the 501c3 nonprofit, you know, a lot of ministries, especially smaller ministries, um, because the IRS does recognize churches where you can receive um, contributions and stuff like that. Um, and so they are recognized as a nonprofit, but understanding that there is a difference between being a 501c3 organization and being, you know, just recognized as that and under and letting them know benefits as well as like what can be some of the drawbacks of actually filing that paperwork and doing all of that and all that kind of stuff and so just helping them to understand some of the business side of the ministry because you know some people feel like you got business and then you got the spiritual side but a lot of the business practices came directly from the bible um you know so so, yeah, so just helping them do that and, and to grow their churches and um, help them to see how they can generate more revenue so that they can do more community service work and stuff like that. I like that. So, like, what are some of the benefits that come with being a 5013C? Okay, so if you're a 501c3 organization, then you have the opportunity to apply for grants um, from the government now um, or from other places. Some There are some fundings that you cannot receive um, if you're not a 501c3. Donations, um, you know, I, I know a lot of places... Um, I know here, like when you're doing conferences and stuff like that, you know, you may write a letter to a restaurant or something like that. Well, a lot of times if you are actually a 501c3 organization, you're able to receive better um, donations um, from these organizations because they can write the, they can write that off um, because mm -hmm. you, because of you being a 501c3. Um, now, some of the drawbacks are you can't. Um, if you are a 501c3 organization, you cannot publicly endorse um, from the church political leaders and stuff like that. And you have there are some rules that you have to follow um, that you cannot do in the church. And some people don't like it because they're like, well, look, you know, but it's that whole thing of separation of church and state and just knowing those different policies is important for a ministry. Because if you do go ahead and file for the 501c3 and you break one of those rules, they can revoke it and it can cause a whole bunch of just stuff that you don't need to go through. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I like that. So basically with the 5013c, you're able to obtain more money. Mm -hmm. But if you obtain that money, they're not about to let you use that money to steer 
politics. Their politics are, and you have to make sure because, you know, the world that we live in and, you know, because of certain beliefs that the church has, you have to make sure that your bylaws and all of your paperwork is set up properly. And so some people feel like, well, the government can tell us that we have to do this. We have to do that. It's all in the way that you set your organization up with based on your your businesses like your bylaws can have this is what we allow this is what we do now of course you can't discriminate against um any any particular person and as a church you shouldn't want to dis discriminate discriminate against them but there can be based on scriptures this is what we believe and this is what we mm -hmm. allow for our leaders and such to have. So it's important for you to know the rules so that you're not ignorant because there are some people who say, well, I don't want to be a 501c3 because the government can make us do X, Y, Z. Well, no, you just have to know how to set yourself up and you have to just know how to follow the rules and do what you need to do. Okay. So basically to prevent things from happening, like, so you, you, you preventing specific marriages or preventing certain people to use your facility or preventing like chaos or anything mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you can just put it in your bylaws strictly state whatever it is and then you bet if you can bag it up with scripture they can't even question it. well you have to make sure that it's in your bylaws because the bible is not what what governs the federal government is going to be your bylaws is what governs your organization. So as long as in your bylaws is worded in a certain form, then that can help to protect you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. No, that's good. Cause I, I, I didn't know all of this. I know uh, a specific church that I help do a lot of stuff for their uh, financial background and administration. They don't want to be a 5013C. They want to be a corporation. Because okay. Yeah. Things that you were saying because they like we can't that we we only got so much control as a five hundred one three C, and so like that's something I think uh, maybe I might even uh, link y'all together because it's like it's a lot of understanding that you can help them. I mean that's what you do anyway. You probably you probably travel the country doing this then. <laughs> Well, I haven't started necessarily traveling the country. I do. I have, um, you know, I do virtually, you know, help people. Um, but that's something that I haven't full fledged. Um, I actually have a whole um, academy that I am putting together um, within the next couple of years. Um, but I know I have to build it out, but it's called Acts for Growth. And um, it's basically helping churches to understand the administration, the creative arts, the teaching and the servanthood of the church. Um, from, from my perspective as a business uh, and church administrator, like one of my spiritual gifts is administration. And so, you know, showing how to delegate and do all of those things to, to make sure that the vision of the church comes to fruition. And so um, you were talking about your church. I mean, there's, it depends on what the church vision and mission is. There's not necessarily a right or wrong way. It's just, you need to make sure that you're fully informed um, so that you understand that you're not missing out on something when you could actually, you know, partake of it. There are restrictions 
to being a 501c3, but there's also restrictions to being a corporation. Um, you know, you just have to know what those restrictions are, what those rules are with any type of um, government um, that you set yourself up with, you have to know the rules. Um, and so that's one thing that a lot of churches just feel like we can just mean Jesus all the way and we can just praise our way through. But there are some times where you can praise him while you're getting your paperwork done properly, you know, and you can worship him while you're working and doing what you're supposed to do in order to go in the hedges and the highways. Um, you know, it's not just saying it, it's not just being hyped, but you you have to be strategic and you have to have strategic plans in place. And a lot of a lot of churches um, are learning that. But for a while, a lot of churches didn't didn't really utilize that portion of it. I mean, the Bible say all things done in decency and order. So mm -hmm. teach people how to get that order. And it's crazy. Yeah. Now I, I think I understand why you probably know now. But why God was trying to place you at Yale at first, because, you know, they got the largest endowment fund and probably like the world. They got billions of dollars in the endowment fund. Do you do you help these churches uh, get everything together with as far as like setting up endowment funds and uh, matching them with investors and stuff like that, too? Oh, that's that's not my area um, of helping them. So. I would have to refer them to to another organization or to other people to help them with that. But I just pretty much help them make sure that their structure, um, their standard operating procedures, their um, bylaws and um, knowing what type of church government you have, um, because it, you will be surprised that, you know, there are some churches that are like, well, what you mean? What type of government we have? We 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 not we not a government. We in the church. Uh, so you know, but how does your church function? Like who makes the rules and how how is that? And so all of that is important um, in the ministry, and that's that saves a lot when there's structure, like you said, doing things decent and in order. And when there's structure. Um, you know, there there are times where God will move spontaneously, but he was a very strategic and intentional. Um, he is very strategic and intentional about everything that he does, even when he made us like who counts the number of hairs on your head? You know, like like that shows you how much detail he pays attention to so um that's what we have to do as well and so that's what that's how i kind of live my life is paying attention to the details because if god cares about the number of hairs in my head and you know it's just you know that was something when i was young they said i was like hmm, must have been bored or really detailed no nah, you read the book of leviticus i remember the first time i ever read the book of leviticus front to back i was i was like oh this is the most boring book of the bible but when you really like when you really started when i read the third time i was like okay now i see what's going on like he was if you pay attention he was pruning the israelites out of their stuff so he was making everything so particular so it can bring them out of their stubborn ways and their way of thinking also too he was very particular how he wanted things done. The whole book mm -hmm. is just telling you, this is the order. This is the way I like things. Matter of fact, the way y'all was doing stuff, throw that away because I do not like the way y'all was doing it. And that's funny because now a lot of people, they bring the world into the church and mm -hmm. they ain't even understanding like what they doing. Like you think you 
No, he said we're supposed to be in the world, not of the world. Meaning, you don't, you don't negate what goes on as far as the order, but you mm -hmm. don't try to be like them. Right, right. And if you pay attention, everything that the world does, they got it from God. Exactly. That look, I was I was just about to say that, you know, because the because we we give the enemy so much power, but he's not a creator. Mm -hmm. You know, God is the only creator. He created. It, it never in the Bible do you see where the Satan, the devil, Lucifer, none of that created. And so we have to understand that we were made in his image and his likeness. So a lot of Christians and especially Christian entrepreneurs, you know, we're looking at how we see the world entrepreneurs prospering and doing all of what they're doing instead of really pulling on what's already inside of us. Everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness he has already placed on the inside of us. So all we have to do is begin to ask them, okay, what what show me creative ways? If he's a if he's the creator, I'm made in his image, then that means I'm creative. Mm -hmm. You know, so why am I trying to duplicate something that the world is doing when I can create something that they will try to duplicate? But see, the thing about a duplication is it's never like the original. You know, and so I'm just if we could just if we could just get that, that like we made in his image, like there is no reason why. We should be trying to, you know, when I when I talk about we, there are some methods, but the message stays the same. That's what I'm talking about, because, see, a lot of times people be like, well, we have to let the children dance and they be twerking and stuff in church and doing all this and then the other. I'm not saying that. But how many times have we really just sat and asked God to show me creative ways for me to reach our you show me creative ways for me to reach the authors that you want me to help write these books that's going to transform the world show me creative ways how i can have a podcast where we're talking about god but it's in a way where people i mean he showed you how to do that you know what i'm saying like because he's a creative God. And when we begin to pull on that, then we'll start to see us walking in purpose. We'll begin to see us prospering as he as he wants us to prosper. So. Every time. I mean, that's what happened with Daniel. You feel me, Daniel? People don't even, a lot of people, well, you read the Bible, you know. But a lot of people don't know that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they was all in the same cohort. Nope. They was all in the same cohort and they was given the gift of whatever it was at that time, whatever made them intelligent at that time. It was it was some type of administration, some type of because they was all in government. So it was some type of gift that he gave them. They Ooh. took that gift, put them in these situations. But then he forced everybody around them to have to come to God because. He threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the, in the furnace. And that wasn't even their real name. I got to go look at what okay. their name was. But that wasn't their real name. That's the key. Right. You know. He threw them in the furnace. And all of a sudden, there's a fourth person in there. The Holy Ghost showed up. 
They like, where's a poor person in there? Now it ain't just they the, the Hebrew boys, they the Hebrew boys are about to be running things around here because we don't know where this poor person came from. And we turned up the furnace and everybody else died except for these three people. So we're gonna put them in position. We don't put Daniel in the lion's den. Mm -hmm. Lion them fell asleep. <laughs> See, oh, if if you if we could just catch the revelation of that, like no matter what the enemy throws at you, if you if you stand on that foundation. But see, the thing about those three Hebrew boys that they did not they did not do they did not they did not shake they did not waver from what they believe. But see, so many times the enemy comes to show us a shadow of what. You know, and it's it's really a it, it's really a facade of what what could happen to us, and we get afraid, and we don't really believe the power that he, he, that God has placed on inside of us. He loves us with the Holy Spirit, so it's not even like he the Holy Spirit got to show up. When I show up, he's showing up. Mm -hmm. If he's living on the inside of me, when I my husband and I released a song called "The Atmosphere Is Changing" because you're here. When I show up, my atmosphere changed because God lives on the inside of me. And so that means anytime I walk through the door, if my boss is acting crazy, the atmosphere is going to change because the power of God that's on the inside of me is going to cause that atmosphere to begin to shift. Like if we understood that as believers, then so much of our frustration, so much of our stress would be relieved. And this is not just hype. Like it's hype. If you don't understand the power that you have, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a motivation, you know, like a motivational talk or whatever. If you don't really understand the power, but when you know the real power that you have, it's not, it's not hype. It's just the facts like hashtag facts. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> no real talk. You said without faith, it's impossible to please him. We got to first believe that he is who he is and he a rewarder to those Order. who diligently seek him. So if you diligently okay. seeking him, you put him first. You already know that the blessing of the Lord going to make you rich. I know, sorry, you reading that Bible, you understanding what, what's really going on. And then you understand that, like, nothing is impossible. Listen, so many. Go ahead, I'm no, sorry. He ain't going to hold no, no, no good thing what he was told to them that won't go right. Oh, you are talking good. Because when we understand that, because so many times we are expecting God to do it the way that I think he can. And mm -hmm. see what, what we don't realize is that we don't just serve a three-dimensional God or whatever, a one-dimensional God. Like we can't think on the level that he thinks. So there's so many ways that he can make that I can't even fathom. I can't even think of the ways that he can make but i because he ain't doing it like i think he should do it he's not doing it in the time frame that i think he should do it then i'm, I'm like it don't work but my dad preached a message talking about the promises over your head so many times the promise is right there over your head but you get out of place trying to be god mm -hmm. but if you just stay in your place and in the posture and have the posture of faith and realize that when I got expectation, my faith is it's it's going to birth out the manifestation. Mm -hmm. Because when I stand on the word of God in faith through Jesus Christ, then I know he's going to do it. If it lines up with his word, if it's in his will, I he's going to give me the desires of my heart. 
And so many times the desires of my heart are not given to me because I've gotten out of position. Mm -hmm. And your will got to match his will for it to happen because he's not a liar. He's not a man. He should lie. Not the son of man shall repent. So he can't go against the word. So if you within it, it got to happen. It go back to that. Uh, what you talking about basically though is, is the, the parable of the seed thrower. He throw the seed, some fall on the rocks, some mm -hmm. fall on the path, some gonna fall in the thorns, and some gonna fall on that good ground. And that good and the and the types of ground is the the person and how they receive the word of God. The seed, just the the, the word, just to understand how you the ground you in is how you understand it. If you in the thorns, you always gonna think about how it's not gonna happen. If you in the rocks. It ain't going to be able to, to even grasp in your spirit. Like you said, it's going to be a motivational word. If it land on a path, you like, oh, that was good. But uh, God ain't did nothing for me. You ain't going to believe nothing. But when it's in that good ground, that good ground, uh, where the organ player at? <laughs> uh, look, he in there. Look, my husband is a minister of music. Don't let me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. We're in the good ground. But he says, don't go, go a hundredfold. Some 60, some 34. So when you in there, you understanding, like you said, understanding you got that, that faith and on the inside, understanding that mustard seed faith and really walking by faith and not by sight. That's yes. the thing's going to happen because what that song to say, uh, soon as I stop worrying. Okay, <laughs> let go. Sorry, is. Yes. You, gotta, you can't worry about this how the story is. You gotta let go and let God have his way. Oh, yes, yes. If you don't, because nothing is impossible. Like he said, nothing is impossible. He said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock at the door. It's, it's gonna happen. But you gotta, yes. you really gotta be rooted in the wheel because he's not about to give you, he's not about to give you a million dollars to go to uh, Ibiza. It's not happening. You feel me? He not about to give you a unless you go to Ibiza to uh preach and talk about the word of God and get all the people out of bondage. Like, but he not about to give you a million dollars just to flex. Like, he gonna give it to you for a specific assignment, and that assignment you have to be ready for that assignment. Like you just said, like you got to be in position. Like, what if? <laughs> it's so funny. What if? You've been complaining about doing the same thing for 10 years. And then that ninth year, you decide to negate from the program. And that 10th year was about to be your blessing. Yeah. Now you yeah. got to start over 10 more years. Yeah. That's yeah. compound interest in the spirit. That's the Holy Ghost said. That's compound interest in the spirit. Come you on now. Compound interest because you're trying to cash in early. You want to have fun. Mm. You about to miss out on your investor because you wanted to do <laughs> something that everybody else do. Listen, you you speaking good. It ain't gonna work. You speaking good. Yes, yes. I mean, it's you have to have the capacity to receive what you're asking from God. And so many times we ask God for stuff that we don't even have the capacity for. You were talking about that million dollars, but 
that thousand dollars that you got in your bank account, like when you receive that unexpected check in the mail, what do you do with it? Do you go and buy a new outfit? You get some hair, you get your nails done, you go put it on your car. What are you doing with when he gives you those unexpected blessings? Are you showing that you can be faithful over that little so that he can make you ruler over much? Many times we don't have the capacity. Many times, like when you starting out in business and you want a do you have the capacity to receive those clients that you want? Okay, I want to make 10,000 plus a month, but I only want to work two hours a, a day. Do you have, you know, do you have the capacity? Now, some now after you get to a certain level, then you may be able to cut some of your time out. But there's a there's a place where you have to build and you have to have the you have to have the drive to go ahead and work and do things, even when people when when other folks think you crazy, you know, you got to still push and go through it. But I'm sure. You know, these billionaires, they can tell you stories about how, you know, I had to, you know, there were times where I felt like I, I was going to lose everything. You know, there were times where I was falling asleep and I wanted to do something else. But this this is what I have decided to do. And so, you know, do you have the capacity to receive what you've been asking for? Do you have the capacity? I mean, that's that's powerful because. uh you know who David Stewart is, don't you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. David Stewart, I think he he I know he for sure in the top five uh richest black people in America. But he said he talk about in his book all the time. He got he and he's an avid believer in Christ too. That's the crazy part. I learned that. I was like, oh yeah. So I, I finally found somebody who has a similar gift to me that I can study. But he was like really talking about how he had to walk by faith and not by sight because everybody thought he was crazy. He a black man trying to start a technology company. Right. 80s. It might, you know, it was the 80s. I, I'm, thinking, I'm about to say 70s, but it was the 80s. He trying to start something in the 80s that they don't even, they like, what are you doing for first? He putting up his house. He done got multiple mortgages on his house. He done, they going broke. They in rice and beans. He he putting his, his wife, wife, you already know, you 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 got parents, so I don't know how y'all <laughs> structure is, but if the wife, if she's seeing like what's going on, her mama gonna be like, what's, what's going on over there? You already mean, Tom, he probably got that. And then boom, he said, he's, I think he said his first, con, if it won his first contract, it was one of his first contracts was AT&T. Mm. And that repaid everything. He, he, what, he, what he got, the Joe. He got the job. He said, "Double." Yes, yes. He's like one of the. I think if I'm mistaken, I think he is. When in whatever type of technology he does, I think he's the number one company in whatever like micro industry that is because he has so many different type of clients and yeah, he got the increase and God got the glory. Yeah, yeah. I mean. We just have to stay faithful. We we have, but it it comes from knowing who you are, mm -hmm. knowing who who God has created you to be, being confident in that, being authentic in that. You know, because so many times we try to be somebody else. You know, I I mean, I have just I've really come to a place to where I'm just like, I'm me. 
you know, like I, I know how to, you know, I'm not going now, you know, I'm not saying go and, you know, you sitting at tables with people and you smacking and got your, uh, your elbows on the table and all that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about that, but at the core of who I am, I, I don't, if I was talking to Oprah, I would be this same person just because it doesn't matter who I'm around, who I'm talking to. I know who I am. And who I am is enough. And when you figure out that who you are, who God has created you is enough and you're authentic in that, that's what the world needs. A lot of people are trying to figure out like, what am I called to do? What am I supposed to? The first and foremost thing that you need to do is just be you. Because mm -hmm. too many times we're trying to be the founder of Writers Unblock Academy or the CEO of the Manifold Innovations Corporation. But who is Tara? Like Tara is not the CEO. Tara is not the founder. At the core of who I am, I am a woman who just love God, who love people, who just love to serve. And out of that is birth, Writers Unblock Academy the Manifold Innovations Corporation, between the notes and, and everything else that I'm doing out of that, the wife that loves her husband, the mother that loves her children, that's birthed out of that, of who I am. And that's how you not, that's how you cannot get lost in this whole thing. And who I am is, is based on the foundation of the word of God, of who God created me. So that's why no matter how big I get, no matter how, how things go, I can always come back to that foundation because I know who I am and that's not going to change. Other stuff around me may change, but Tira is always going to be who she is in Christ. Mm. I think uh, you just gave me a revelation. I feel like that's what David was talking about when he said he prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He building you. You is the table. You the table. He prepared the table. He built me. He, wow. he built me in the presence of the people who wanted to see me fall. You know what? Because so many times we want to run away from the building process. Mm -hmm. Building process. And, and, and that's a revelation that I got because I went through a situation where a person who I really look, looked up to really just like it, it really it could have shattered me if I didn't know who I was in Christ, first and foremost. And I had to show forth the love of Christ. Like, I mean, when I tell you, like, they were social media posting stuff. They, like, had an entire meeting about me and all that kind of stuff that built on lies. And I wanted so bad to tell my story. And I and that, that came to me. I will prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. But see, now, I can't be at the table acting up. Mm -hmm. I can't be, be at the table, you know, having a food fight, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm mad at the enemy. So I'm throwing I'm I, no. If he prepared, if I'm at a feast, I got to act like somebody, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and then when you talk about he building you while you are there, you know, it's like, yeah. And it's when when stuff is being built, 
it hurts. You got the hammer, you got the nails, you got them boards, you got the push. And sometimes, you know, I was watching this um, home improvement show and they were trying to get this wood in there and they had to pry a part of it and then push the other. And that I'm sure that didn't feel good to the wood. But but when it got in there, it looked beautiful. And they were like, oh, this is it. I love it. That's how if we can go through the process. I'm telling you you will come out and you will be like, okay, God, I didn't know it was going to feel like that. I didn't know I was going to have to go through that. But because I went through it and because I went through that situation, it made me love people on a whole nother level. Like when people, when the word of God talk about people who spitefully use you and, and, and they, they are intentionally trying to hurt you and you can still love them. You bless them and don't, I, I'm not, I'm not speaking a curse on you. Because mm -hmm. see, I'm going to let God handle that because he say, vengeance is mine. I will repay. A lot of times the reason why you don't see stuff getting paid back, it, well, first off, you trying to, you trying to tell God how to pay them back. And what I realized is that, especially if they're another believer, a lot of times we want to see them whoop. You know, God whooped them, but it's just like I, as a parent, I can understand it because if my son does something to my daughter, I still love my son. I'm going to get him for what he did, but I am not going to take my daughter's anger out on my son. Mm -hmm. And my daughter might not even see me get on to him because it ain't none of her business. Because what I want to make sure it's done is for it for the actions to be corrected. Mm. And so many times as as believers, you talk about preparing the table in the presence of your enemies as a believer, your heart always should be to point people to Christ, even your enemies. So my so my desire shouldn't ever be to see somebody hurt. My desire shouldn't ever be to see somebody else fall. My desire is, Lord, please help them because because they may not even know what they are doing, just like. Jesus said we supposed to be like him, right? Mm -hmm. He was up there. Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing or who they're doing it to. You know? Real talk. That's yeah. that's powerful. You just you just spoke so to me. Because like that's how it is. Like I'm going through a season of uh God told me a few days ago that I'm going through a season of patience. And forgiveness. These are things that I have to understand and I have to learn before I can pass and go to the next level. Mm -hmm. I can't allow you to do different things if you can't have patience and you can't forgive people. And forgiving people is it's levels to forgiveness because you can't even really understand forgiveness until you really understand that you have for, to forgive people for the way they think. You can't hold somebody accountable that does not know, but you can't get mad that they don't know. You can't be like, well, they, it ain't no, they should. God didn't make them like that. He made you like that. He said to, uh, who much is given much is required. Wow. And if it's required of you to move a specific way, it might not be required for them, but you can't right. get upset. That it's not required for them. And you got to be patient and love them through this, even though they don't even understand what you did for them 
how you did it, where you had to go to, to do it for them, how you had to uh put things aside or how you had to change up your order, how you was held back from what you thought was a blessing. Mm -hmm. That's that's walking in forgiveness, walking and being more like him. And you just yeah. like what you just said was definitely something I needed to hear for sure. I'm speaking from experience because I went through that same that same period. And when I was going through that, God really told me before you can help other people, you got to heal. Too many times you have people out here trying to help people and they haven't healed. And what and 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 actually what happens is we draw people to us who are just like us. And so it looks like we are success. So it looks like things are going well and it looks like, okay, I'm, I'm in the will of God because people are being drawn to me, but no, they smell that pain. They know that pain. So it's attracting. And then I end up hurting them the same way that I was hurt because I never was healed from what hurt me. And I was like, you know what, God, I want to be truly healed. Like to the point to where, like, I really pray for the success of everybody that has ever talked about me, who has ever spoken any ill about me. Was it easy? L let me be transparent. It was not easy. And sometimes I had to stay off of social media because sometimes I would see a post and I would want to be like, uh, you know. Uh, I would want to, you know, go live because I'm like, okay, I can, I can go live. I can, I can talk about some stuff in a subliminal way. And God said, no, don't do it. You, because what you don't want to do is destroy your witness. Because there's so much in you. You said something uh, earlier when you were talking about what's on the inside of you. See, sometimes you might, because see, for me, this person was on a different level. So I felt. And so I was like, you know, I'm thinking they're 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 great. You know, they're a great person. But God was like, it look, what's on the inside of you is so much more than this little situation. Like you're gonna look back at this situation and be like, what's even tripping? Mm -hmm. When it comes to forgiveness, when you when you really have a ask God, give me a heart like you. When we think about all the times we've been unfaithful to God, how many times I've said, God, I won't do it no more. How many times I said, God, I'm going to serve you. How many times God told us to do something we didn't do it, but yet he still keeps on blessing us. And then we, then we can't take a little bit of uncomfortable feeling from a person. There, and this is not even a person that you created. It's just a, another person that's just in your life. You know, when you really think about that, it really gets you to a point to where it's like, God, thank you. You know, you may have to cry sometimes. You might have to hit, a, hit, hit your pillow or whatever you got to do. Get the frustration out. Sometimes you may have to find that trusted person that you can talk to. And when I say trusted person, you have to know that it's a trusted person that's mature enough to handle what you got to say. But sometimes you have to let it out. And then, but that person, you also need that person that's going to be like, okay, now bring it back in. And now you got that out. Now let's, let, let's talk what you need to do. So, you know, I have walked through that season. And as you go through that season, know 
that the peace that God gives you, when it has totally come, like, it is so amazing. It's like, I really love people. Like, I love people who I know have said stuff about me and wanted to hurt me. But I love you. I really do. Hey, and it's not fake. Hey, that's amazing. Cause you gotta, you gotta walk through that. I mean, if you don't, like you said, I mean, you like you said, you gonna love the people. You gotta, you gotta love them through their good and their bad. Yeah, he loved me through my good and bad. Hey, Amen. So, <laughs> well, this is a powerful, powerful conversation. I really appreciate Tira for bringing on her wisdom, uh, showcasing everything that God has shown her. Let us in on some of the things that God has allowed her to walk into and given us the insight. He said, without uh, knowledge, people perish. So now y'all got some insight on some stuff that y'all probably didn't even know. Uh, if you in ministry or you have a ministry, uh, make sure y'all tap in with her. She's going to help you get your paperwork in order. You got a book and or you just got an idea. Like, you feel me? I, I, I published a book at the beginning of 2022 and I didn't, I thought the book was going to be trash, to be honest, because it was so small and whatever. People like that book helped me. So if you have something inside of you, you don't know how to structure the book. You don't know how to get your ISBN. You don't know how to create your cover. Make sure y'all type in with Tara. She's going to help y'all out and she's just going to pour into you. Uh, I see a community coming soon too. I don't know if you're doing it already, but I see a community of, of people, like you just said, people being drawn to you, but you're going to be able to help them do through those things that you drawn them they drawn being drawn to you for you're gonna be able to help them so i uh, appreciate it. you no, i appreciate, I appreciate you, you. Uh, thank you thank you so thank you, as thank we you. close out this episode did you have anything else to say no i just want to um let everybody know if they want to connect with me then they can go to my website um tmicorp.org um, that is my main website that'll take you to Writers Unblock Academy um, you can also um, get all of my information and if you want to um, you know connect in either any way um, that I can help then I definitely am here to serve and here to help and I thank you so much for again for this invitation the wonderful conversation. I have been blessed um, by the conversation and by the revelations that you've shared. And um, so I thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I appreciate it again. Make sure y'all tap in with Tara. Uh, something else I had to say. Oh, you guys can let me think of it. So it really don't matter. So I appreciate it again. Make sure y'all tap in with her. Uh, I'm going to leave a link below, too. So I'm going to leave a link below. And as we close out this conversation, could you close us out with a word of prayer? I sure can. Father, we give you honor. We give you praise, God. We thank you that you are the most high God. We thank you there is nobody like you. And Father, we thank you for this time of sharing. And Father, we just pray that those who are listening, God, that something was said that will touch them and touch their hearts. God, we thank you for healing, God. And we thank you that as we go through the process, as we are at our breaking points at times, Father, that we will see you, Father, that we will not focus on our situations, but we will 
focus on the promise that you've given us in your word. Father, we thank you for Lamont, God. We thank you for his podcast. And God, we just thank you that you will continue to expand um, his territory, God, as he it has this vision, God, to bridge to be the bridge, to 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 be that bridge that's that's gonna fill that gap, God, between the church, God, and the world and business. And God, we thank you, God, that you're opening up doors of opportunities for him, God. And we we thank you for continuing to give him the wisdom and the guidance and and for for blessing him for being a blessing to so many others, God. We pray that as everyone goes about their days, God, that they will continue to see you as the light, God, that, that, that their hearts will be turned to you. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. 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 Thank you again for uh, coming on the God's My Source podcast. And thank you all for logging on to the God's My Source podcast. You already know we bridge the gap between God and the uh, culture. We root everything back to the word of God. And we just thank God for everything because we know if we seek him first. Everything else will come to pass. We know if we follow his law. It's no way that we can't be successful. So make sure y'all tap in with uh, Tira, read y'all Bibles, pray, and just keep on coming back on. If y'all want to connect with me, y'all know where to find me. And I'll see y'all again next time.